Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with Lee Button and me, Chris Bright. In this podcast, we take an area of church life and look at it from a strategic point of view. If you want to listen to the full conversation, then head to our website, www.thinking.church, and click on podcast, and you can join our members podcast where you can listen to the full conversation. So without further ado, get your thinking caps on, and let's get on with this week's episode. There we go. This meeting uh, is being. Recorded. You know what? I I love it when that bit starts. It does. It does. Make, it makes me feel feel very much like we're about to do something um, important. Hey, Chris. I can I can I open with an apology this morning? Go for it. Like, go for it. So we were sharing in preparation for this uh, our our three things of what we were talking about today. Yes. I, I'm going to admit I was so half asleep when I was sending mine to you because <laughs> I'd written them down. I genuinely had written my one that was the same as yours. But when I read your list and I was like, that's a good list. I didn't mean <laughs> just to put basically your list back to you as my three. Like, uh, you know, this is the equivalent of copying the, you know, the, uh, the, um, copying the best, the star pupils homework was, um, yeah. full disclosure. Chris came up with three great things. I came up with three things. Most of mine were Chris's things because I was half asleep. <laughs> uh, at which point I was like, oh man, that's like kind of like subliminal. I've read some great stuff. But um, I think it shows just how we're just very alike. We're very in tune, Chris. Yeah, very, very in tune. And I, I, it wasn't a problem because I was actually, I was umming and ahhing whether to put that one in or another one in. So when when you put that one in, it was actually quite, it made my mind up for me. So uh, so yeah, it's no, what, what What really happened, Chris, is that from the little blue tick marks that appear next to it showing it's been instantly read, I responded with like with that one and you just went quiet for a while, probably while you were cursing me under, you know, <laughs> somewhere. It's sort of like, does, does he not read? Uh, <laughs> no, I saw it I thought, oh, okay, right. Okay, well, let's think, let's get that other one out then. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, well, and, and that, that probably does lead us on to the podcast for today, because uh, we are going to be talking about uh, signs that your church is in, in decline. And that sort of sounds lovely and uplifting, uh, but it's, it's really important. A positive summer message. A positive summer message. Yeah, it's like, it's like having a barbecue for churches. Um, yeah, but what we want to do is help churches find out... Um, just spot some of the signs some of the you know some of these things could be a signal that your church is really starting to be in decline and uh some of them are more statistical in nature some of them are how maybe sort of more cultural in nature and so it's worth listening to all of them uh and probably then that leads me to say firstly that uh that we have now two types of podcast so that you can listen to the word yeah so we have we have lucky listeners yeah, exactly. Well, the first type of the podcast is if you, if you want to listen to it and listen to us for free, you get about like half the podcast. But if you want to listen to the whole conversation, uh, we're now doing it for just, it's just £2.99 a month, which is like a price of a coffee, uh, which means you can get some really great uh, inputs for your church. It costs what a coffee would cost. And let's be honest, pastors love coffee. And why not have a coffee whilst listening to the Thinking Church podcast? And uh, you'll get some great in, input from it. It'll really help you. And uh, yeah, so that so that's just to let you know that. So we have our normal podcast and we have our members podcast. And with the members podcast, you get all of what we're going to talk about. So there's some things that we're going to be talking about here that will be only on the members podcast. So if you want to listen to all of it, 
get the members podcast and you can do that by going to where lee uh thinking.church yes and that's that's where our membership site is and if you go and look along the top menu and uh i was going to say book now it's not book now is it it'd be just just click podcast and it will um oh click podcast i was yeah click click the podcast and it will take i've gone somewhere else entirely chris i'm getting people to sign up Um, but go to podcast that's the place where you need to be yeah and that's the other part is to say that we also have membership and that and we've put the podcast as part of the membership as well and uh and you can just get all of our content it's basically access to everything that we do we're we're facilitators and so we have a lot of stuff that's going to help you like step-by-step guides really to help you through mission statements and values and discipleship strategies so anything that you really want to do and get sorted in your church we can help you step-by-step get there we've got all of it in one place uh and again just go to our website www.thinking.church and click become a member and you can see that there which is pretty cool amazing thank you very much great there we are shall we (laughs) should we get started with lee let's go for your first sign of decline yeah so i'm i'm going first of all with one that's kind of like you'd look at and go but that's a good thing right this is uh sign of decline and and i say sign of decline because um you know you've got to look into this in a bit more detail but the first one for me is when you've got high giving per person in your congregation okay so the people that give are people that are committed people who are new into your church don't always know about giving or give less you know they give notionally they're not really you know even if you're a traditional 10 percent kind of like set up or you've got other methods that's kind of like you know about just cheerful giving and um <clears throat> and uh, uh and kind of like you know and sacrificial kind of stuff that if you've got high giving per person you're basically got committed christians and committed people who are you know attending regularly and it's a sign really that there's no new people or that you're missing some of the other blocks of that third new people third people finding their way and then the other third being those who are committed with you so if you start seeing statistics that kind of like makes the giving break down in that almost kind of like one-to-one ratio of everybody gives then you've probably not got many new people coming through the door or you're just trading christians with another church down the road and that's not really what we're here for so it seems a bit counterintuitive when you first look at it and you see that as a numbers thing because everybody looks at like you know the bottom right and sees a positive amount of money in the bank it looks great it can actually be a sign of decline it can actually show that you're not attracting new people so this is where we say about when you're budgeting and when like you're kind of like cutting your cloth as a church as to what you want to do is that you know you're 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 you've got more people than kind of you've got the money for in that respect because of how giving typically breaks down and these, these trends hold really well like every church we've spoken to east west across the oceans and stuff like that there's you know these these things typically hold in terms of how 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 it works so high giving per person typically points to the fact that you've got fewer new people coming to your church that's an indicator of decline in some situations so what is what would be considered high giving per person? So what's the average giving per person in the UK? So around the last, about? Yeah. So the last time I checked, look, I'm just going to go for an approximate. It's around a thousand pound per person. So per year per person. Yeah. Per year per person. Is that kind of like rough average? So um, 
and that takes account obviously of like you know all all life stages of different people and all different types of income but that kind of like you're roughly you're roughly laying it on around that kind of around around that kind of bracket um well, well I, actually i dig out there is actually a report about this that's more recent and i think there's one evangelical alliance and there's one church of england and one by some independent um uh giving service that's done done a lot of statistics on what that breaks down so maybe even dig into it and look at it about what it's more like in your region or your area because obviously depending on where you live that can change quite dramatically but really if you start seeing uh if you if you start seeing that kind of like more like one-to-one on like the average giving is matching up with the number of people you've got in your congregation whereas actually if you think about it if you're you'd want to be looking somewhere more like four to five hundred pound per head in terms of annual giving to have it down at that level that would show that you'd had some giving and some not um or maybe you actually see the statistics on how many people give and how many people don't but that can raise other questions because it's just like do they just not give um because but they might be committed so as i said it's an indicator it's one that's worth digging into don't get overexcited if you see just increased giving or increased like you know giving per person like actually think and actually look behind it as to why that might be happening because it shows other trends and that's what we need to unpick so don't get distracted by something that can look positive because actually it can mask a, it can mask an actual issue and the other the other side of uh rising giving per person could be also an aging congregation because who's got more money you always get more money as you get older that's you can you amass wealth over a lifetime uh and so that can actually lead to that maybe you're not reaching younger people, younger families. And because, you know, younger families are going to be uh, giving less normally because they're normally earning less, uh, whereas you know, people in their 50s are normally earning a lot more. And mm. so it's worth thinking about that in terms of how that skews with your age as well. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's really worth tracking your, your giving. And, yeah, it, I think there is this point where when you're going – when it's running high, you know, over that thousand pound per person on average, I think you need to stop and have a think, okay, how many new people have we got? Are we getting new, are we getting first time guests through the door? And so that should lead you to a whole area of inquiry. It's, it does sound, it does sound counterintuitive because you think we want the giving to go up per person and that shows a sign of spiritual maturity. So in one sense, that's good, but it should be balanced out by, new Christians yeah. coming in who don't give so that that's so you should see a, you know there should be a skew where there should be some people giving more because they're uh because they're mature Christians they're you know they're giving because that's what they want you know that's what's in their heart to do uh it's in their DNA to do and then there's new Christians that still don't really understand all about it so and that should even out to that kind of midpoint I think yeah because it's interesting there when you talk about um like say like retirement and people going towards pensions and like that extra money but there's there's been an interesting trend really is that some of those in churches at, at this point in time particularly in the non-denominational church which is only really like 40 45 years old isn't it kind of like as in a um like on a large scale that kind of like non-denominational came out in you know 60s 70s kind of era yeah so what happened was is that those people at that time they were they were, they were the, there was often graduates um often um kind of like them professionally qualified and professional workers all through their lives they are set up they were committed to stuff there was a lot more on the sacrificial giving so like they gave way above kind of like you know what would have been traditionally a 10 percent 
Okay. There's churches that are built to that model, sometimes build based on what's the sacrificial element of giving, which somebody doesn't have to give. Do you know what I mean? I mean, not that you have to give in even like say the the 10%, but typically if people give say 15, that at any point they might go back to 10. But I've seen churches set strategy and budget plans and look at five-year programs that bridges a, a congregation that's getting older that all shift into retirement at the same time because they almost founded the church. So you end up with this whole swathe of people shift to retirement. And the interesting thing these days is they've got children who are probably in more areas of like struggling with the cost and debts behind education themselves, more likely to be going to university if they're children of people who've been to university, things like that, getting on the property ladder. That's a big ask these days. They then are starting to give what was perhaps sacrificial into a cause into the church. They're now reorientating and probably giving that money more towards family and support. You know, like we, we've even talked before this podcast started about, you know, childcare and things that we need to put in place and stuff that's there where it's all dual income families. Look, the modeling against giving is a very changing situation. Do the work, look at the data, understand what those like economics are behind it. That's actually something to be taken account of these days when you're building charity, when you're looking at projects, when you're um, growing your church, when you're looking to find out what's healthy. Because the what tugs at their heart of those people in that bracket then becomes their kids and their grandkids. And so, you know, where you might have relied on like sacrificial giving and giving in abundance and over, I don't think we can expect that as much as maybe we once did. Um, that's just something I've seen and would love to do more research into. If you're out there and that's something you want to look at with us, then please get in touch because I think that would make a very interesting kind of like survey research piece um, around that. Or maybe it's already been done and you know where that sits. Great, great. Okay, let's go on to my first one. My first sign of decline uh, is low baptism numbers. And I think that, that does link into, you know, when you're thinking about finance and it's showing that there's no new people coming in, baptisms does the same. People that are coming in and getting baptized uh, and saying, I want to make a commitment for, for Christ and that's an ongoing thing. I think that shows that people are, you know, they're, the new people are coming in, they're getting saved, they're getting baptized, and then they're starting that walk with Jesus. When your baptism numbers are going lower, I think that's a, that's a real sign that your church could be starting into decline. Now, but what's the average for that? And the average is normally about, uh, if you take your congregation size, a healthy amount is about six to 7% of that congregation. So if you've got that's a church- high. <laughs> that seems high. It does seem high, doesn't it? But if you've got a hundred people in your church, about you should be baptizing about six to seven people a year. Just just to break because, that's like a break even. But, yeah. So that's a break even. So you yeah. we're, so we're looking at kind of like, you know, like somewhere around five percent of people is just like natural movement of people. Yeah. Wow. That's frightening. Yeah. So I baptism numbers are I think it's it's just, it's one of those statistics that I think every church should track and should track really really closely, because if you aren't baptizing people and over COVID times it's been really hard to baptize people, we're not sure how to do it, you're not sure how to do it safely. I'm pretty sure water and diseases don't go together very well. <laughs> I'm glad you've done your research, Chris. Yeah, I mean I'm basically a scientist. Um, 
<laughs> all, all outdoor baptisms, let's just all go in the sea. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, so it's been difficult to do it over that time. So I understand why it might be difficult at the moment, but I think generally look at the trend of your baptisms over the years. And I think if you're, if you're only baptizing in the ones and twos and, you know, ones and twos percent wise, that I think that's a real sign that you've got, there's work to be done because I think you're slipping into decline. Okay. And on, on the other side of that, if people aren't moving on from your church, no, I'm only joking. It's like, <laughs> is there anything sort of like, so, you might have low baptism numbers, but some people, they, they must be very just <clears throat> stable and lower attrition. Does that work with kind of like more aging congregations? Is there less is there less movement if they are older as opposed to those who are maybe younger and work making the moves and all the rest of it? So does it sometimes, again, mask that actually some of your stalwarts, some of the people that you look at and you're like, oh, I've got all the usual faces, I feel fine is because they're at stages of life where they don't move and that sometimes we miss where they're in the middle. Yeah. Um, and that the movement is, I, I'm going to assume, more work-related or schools-related and, you know, the things and the pressures on people that, you know, those stages in life. But, like, baptism, like, that sounds like, I mean, that figure is high. Don't mm. get me wrong. It's like, it, it's, it's clearly accurate, but I, I don't think any of us look at it like that on a on a monthly or annual basis or maybe even track it to report it which you've, you've touched on but like what what's i think we need to unpick this on its own right but what's something we do to get intentional about that because it's the only organic sign that a church is growing um and it's one of the only times that we talk about growth in its own right as opposed to just looking yeah. at the health of everything that goes on like, what is something we can do to be intentional about that? Because this obviously has to link into everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of the the first steps in in discipleship, isn't it? Baptisms, and I think you know to be intentional about okay, how do you how do you get that? You know, how do you get those numbers up? And you obviously you don't want to just do it for numbers' sake. It's it's because it's showing a a real you know showing life change. It's showing people growing in their faith. It's all those kind of things um but how, how do you how do you increase those numbers then and i think that that's you normally normally what you need to do is have someone who's responsible for organizing your baptism service so let's say you're going to do a baptism service every you know few months or you're going to do baptisms as part of it every week someone needs to be responsible for hey you've just become a christian or hang on a minute you've never been baptized why don't you get back, you know, and be intentional about asking people? Because actually, I think people often will go for something when they're asked to. It's often, um, so here's, here's, a good, here's a good thing. I got baptized at the age of 17 and I uh, kept putting it off. Why? I don't really know. I think it's probably because I'm a, I'm, I was a bit lazy as a teenager and just kept on putting it off and off and off and just going, oh, you know, off it, when it's the right time, you know, that kind of thing. And, but really the right time was when I knew in my heart that I, I was, I wanted to follow Jesus for the, the rest of my life, which was actually way before I was 17. Um, so, and you know, so I, I, you know, I maybe a few years before that could have gone, yeah, I'm going to get baptized. I want to make that decision. But if I had someone there yeah. who was asking me, that's, that's when you kind of go, yeah, actually, I can go for it. I'm talking about it. And so talking about it in your church services and talking about it 
online and talking about it, you know, making videos about baptism and why it's important and what's you know what it's all involved and you know um, and also like demystifying the process of it because you know it's often getting in front of, up in front of a whole lot of people being dunked in some water. And, you know, that's quite a daunting prospect in and of itself. But if you've got someone that can explain it, why it's important, why it's done, I think it just takes away some of the um, uh, the worry yeah. on, in people's minds. And I think that can often be the case. And you get a lot of, you know, you I'm sure within every church of people that's listening, there's going to be people in their congregation that you are surprised they never got baptised. And, uh, and it's always just worth asking them about that because it's showing signs that they're making that commitment and that yeah. next step on. So, yeah, I think if you want to get more baptisms, have someone that's responsible for asking people. Yeah, I'm, I'm for doing them more regularly. That That's it. Like, honestly, there's a point. Like, let's let's open up a theological debate another day on this one. Um, my, my church, when we first launched... Um, and this is first launch. So like we did a we did a summer of kind of like, you know, soft launch. And then we launched properly coming in September a couple of years back. We did baptisms more regularly than communion in the corporate setting. Mm. We pushed communion out to all local small group settings, yeah. connect groups um, and all its varieties. So like whenever we met meetings, prayer meetings and all the ancillary stuff that's around the main congregated items of service that we did that all included communion but every congregational aspect of what we did had baptism um it's funny how that sets a precedent for what you're about to do um so actually what happened was is that we totally normalized baptisms as being a regular thing and set expectation um and for a month like we 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 probably we did way more than our 10 percent in a month yeah yeah, yeah. As as a result, I understand practicality. I understand if you don't own your own building, that stuff's a pain. Um, but I'm going to put the challenge out there: we didn't own our own building. We still did it every week. Um, so, like, think creatively, put something in place, do something, um, make it make it the norm. I think sometimes we put other aspects of what we do take such a priority, but they're the easy ones. Actually, some of these do take a bit more effort, and we we put them to the side because it's a bit can be a bit of a faff. Look prioritize it i think that's that's my thing like make sure it's priority um, and that's what that's then what gets the focus isn't it brilliant brilliant okay lee let's go on to your second one uh i was about to read yours then that would have been an absolute that would have been a laugh wouldn't it um, yes. stealing, more, stealing, stealing more of yours <laughs> look when you start shaping what you do uh for those who are already in the church and I think, and this, this, this creeps in. So don't get me wrong on this one, right? This creeps in over time. And what happens is, is that one day you're looking out and you realize that there aren't any people new in. And it's probably like kind of like almost subconscious. I don't think you call it. I think you just have one of those weeks where you realize that, you know, from the stage you're giving illustrations that are in jokes that only the people who've been as part of what you do would understand. And then it creeps into shaping stuff as to what you see as immediate need in the people in front of you. And it starts to drift from being an external focus to an internal focus. And that is a drift, right? It, I don't think that's sudden at all. I think it happens slowly and almost like by attrition over time. And then one day what you're doing is you are pandering to all of these needs of the people who are voicing it, but only on an internal level. And you shut down 
engaging with people external to your church. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. This is only halfway through the podcast and you can listen to the full conversation by joining our members podcast. Just go to our website, www.thinking.church and you can sign up to our members podcast there. It only costs the price of one coffee per month. So it's well worth doing. So why not get a coffee, listen to the podcast and learn something new. We'll see you again for this podcast next week. So bye for now.